When we have a nightmare, we are often unwillingly put into a dangerous scenario. And most of the time, we can't even control our own actions. We just have to lie there and watch ourselves on autopilot, suffering through a terrifying situation. The same can be said about our waking life. Sometimes we have no control. Like when you are caught in the rain while out walking, or getting stung by a bee. Or worse, getting mugged in the streets. So why is it we occasionally and purposefully put ourselves in harm's way? Like going on a roller coaster or skydiving. When we ride a roller coaster, it releases endorphins in our brain, which increases our heart rate and speeds up our breathing, filling us with adrenaline, making us feel euphoric and excited. The same effect happens when we watch a horror movie and something pops out and scares us. We tense up in a defensive position, ready for danger, then slowly calm down and laugh, realizing the situation is safe. I guess we are all seeking the thrill of danger. We even celebrate it, dressing up like a monster every year during Halloween. We can't help ourselves taking on a horrible persona, wandering around the neighborhood late at night, scaring others and collecting treats, or exploring graveyards and haunted houses. By nature, humans have an innate desire to explore, the thrill of adventure and discovering something new. When we find a place that is unordinary, like an old building or a mysterious tunnel, we have a great need to see where it leads, overcoming the fear of the unknown. Again, seeking the thrill, even if it could lead to harm. Just like risking our lives bungee jumping, we must know. Like the old saying says, curiosity killed the cat. I'm Charlie Conlon, and this is the nightmare I had last night. The wind was fierce outside. Fall leaves ripped off their branches. You could hear them rustling against the side of the house and rolling across the road. I was standing in a large living room, in a house I didn't recognize. It was dark, but the crisp streetlight was shining in through the window. Two large couches and a chair sat in front of an enormous fireplace made of marble. No fire burning. I walked across the extravagant room into the kitchen. The kitchen was beautiful. I walked around a great center island that spanned the length, looking at all the dishware and fine silver displayed. The kitchen was exceptionally clean. However, there was a smell in the air. Upon closer inspection, I noticed in the sink there was a pile of raw meat. It looked like ground steak and liver. The wind picked up outside, blowing hard against the magnificent house. A huge glass window was at the back of the kitchen. I stepped up and looked out into the yard. There was an elegant garden lit by the moonlight, with trails and statues throughout. All the plants were dying of the autumn cold. It must be late. The entire main floor was visible from where I was standing in the kitchen. It was quiet. To my left, there was a large stairwell descending into the basement. I decided to go down. I reached the bottom. 
The room was massive and had a 10 foot high ceiling. I had never seen a basement like this, but was empty other than a couch covered in plastic. A few old bikes laying on the floor and some boxes filled with junk in the corner. Silence swept through the entire house. At the other end of the basement, I noticed a small door with an old wooden frame. I approached it. The concrete floor stopped at the base of the wooden frame. Leading into the next room, the floor was dirt. A gust of wind blew out from the door. The air was musty and smelt strongly of soil. I looked around the basement for a flashlight and found an oil lantern in the boxes in the corner. I lit the lantern and looked through the doorway into the next area. I couldn't see much. I stood for a moment staring through the old wooden doorway. My curiosity got the better of me, so I stepped inside. The room wasn't very large, and the ceiling was short. I took a few steps forward, holding the lantern ahead of me. The walls were made of a crumbling plaster. Water trickled down the sides. I walked along the wall until I was met with another wooden door. The doorframe was in worse condition than the first. With my light, I looked through the door. I was surprised to find a hallway. Reaching my lantern out into the hallway, I saw it was only a few feet, so I stepped in and felt a strange sensation on the bottom of my foot. The floor was made of fake grass. It felt hard and uncomfortable. At the end of the short, muddy hole, I entered another room, and it smelt not musty, but dusty. In front of me was a huge wooden sign on the ground leaning against the wall, carved with the huge words that read, Franklin's Wonderful Circus of Mystery. Past the sign, there were boxes filled with circus props. To my left was a popcorn maker, signs for games, and a cotton candy machine. It was clear this room was storage for an old traveling carnival. I ambled through the room, admiring the vintage machinery. Everything was caked with a thick layer of dust. A large box stood in front of me. It was hand-carved with floral and star details. I wiped away the thick layer of dust off the front. It was an old Zoltar machine. The animatronic fortune teller still inside in mint condition. It stood there, staring forward unblinked, waiting to give out fortunes to hopeful people. Next to the Zoltar machine was another box. The color had faded and it was in simple design. I reached out to touch it. <laughs> gotcha, kids! My heart leapt out of my chest. I lost my footing and fell to the floor. The jack-in-the-box clown outstretched, bobbing and staring right at me. Slowly, it retracted back into its starting position. I got to my feet and dusted off my pants. Looking around, I could see more of the circus collection. Silver rings, a saddle for an elephant, piles of clown costumes, torches, blocks, and set pieces. This room was a marvel. However, it was late. I picked up my lantern and returned back to the door I entered through. Exiting the room, the short hallway smelt strongly of wet dirt. It was unsettling. When I stepped into the previous room, it was different and no longer empty. It was filled with tons of mirrors. The light from my lantern bounced off all the different sizes and shapes of reflective glass. Where did all these come from? Who put them here? 
Confused, I stood looking at the many different versions of myself. I wandered through the room. There was a mirror that made me look tall, then another that made me look fat, followed by a normal mirror. I stared at myself. Then my reflection winked and smiled at me. Frightened, I reached out to touch the mirror. My reflection no longer mirrored my movement. I backed away, but my reflection stood there and turned his head. The next mirror, I was muddy, looking scared and helpless, and again not mirroring my movement. Just some projection of myself. I looked around. All of the mirrors had different versions of myself. Some laughing, some crying, some angry, trying to break through the glass. I hurried across the room and ran through the rotten door frame. I was startled to find someone standing right in front of me. It was a tall clown, his head scratching the top of the nasty ceiling. I didn't know what to say until I realized it was just a mannequin, dressed in a clown's costume. I looked around, there was dozens of mannequins all dressed in different styles of clown costumes. I walked through the room, there were classic clown costumes and black and white clown costumes, old mime costumes and modern ones. I looked back, and the first mannequin I saw was turned around, facing me. <laughs> gotcha, kids. The jack-in-the-box, but who triggered it? The mannequin stared at me with his white, blank face. I could feel the other clowns around me. I need to get back into the main basement and out of this house. I ran to the door and into the cellar, but it wasn't the cellar. It was another room, like the other ones with the dirt floor and the short ceiling. I looked back through the doorway and all of the mannequins were facing me. I won't be going back that way. This room was decorated with the circus stuff I found in the back room. Red and white striped walls with promotional signs for upcoming acts. There was also an entrance with a sign that said, Fun House. I entered through it hoping to find an exit at the other end. I immediately came to a narrow hallway with metal poles hanging down the ground lazily moving back and forth. <sighs> it was just a puppet zombie. Upon closer inspection, it wasn't very convincing and looked cheap. I continued through the fun house, completing obstacles like spinning floors and moving rooms, until I came to a final door with exit over the top. I ran through the door and into the room, the same short ceiling, dirt floor room as the beginning with the door at the end that said Funhouse over top. I started to feel claustrophobic. What is going on here? I approached the door with my lantern. Then, the light went out. My lantern died. Slowly, through the door, green light faded up and lit the way, and I stepped in. I was in a mirror maze, my arms out in front of me, feeling my way through this network of identical walls. The light made it harder to see, my own reflection on each possible corridor. Left, then right, then left again, dead end. Left, left, dead end. I was lost. My breath quickened. I was running in circles, panicking, trying to find an exit. I turned a corner, and standing there was the tall clown mannequin. Past the clown, I could see the exit. I stood for a moment, gathering up the courage to pass the clown. 
It was just a mannequin. It wasn't going to move. What am I thinking? I slowly walked down the mirror hallway, closer, closer, and closer to the clown. The clown stared straight and past me. Standing in front of it, I slowly moved past the inanimate object, then ran to the exit and through the door. <laughs> gotcha, kids! I was in the first room, standing in front of the funhouse entrance. On the floor was my empty lantern. I didn't know what to do. Why can't I leave this place? I ran into the funhouse, determined to get out of here, hoping to find an end. Inside was a large room with a huge carousel, with horses moving up and down while spinning around the room. The horses looked like they were once beautiful, but now old and corroded. I hopped on the carousel spinning around, I could see the exit at the other end. The horse paint chipped off from the contact of my hand. I hopped off the carousel and jumped through the exit. <laughs> gotcha, kids! Just as I had feared, the same room. Lantern on the floor, decorations all around, the door at the other end with the words, Fun House, over top. I ran through the door, steadfast. Surprisingly, I was in the same room. <laughs> gotcha, kids! The first room. I ran through the funhouse door again. <laughs> gotcha, kids! The same room. This can't be. I ran through the door again. <laughs> gotcha, kids! Again. <laughs> gotcha, kids! Somebody help me! Again. <laughs> gotcha, kids! No matter how many times I try, I end up in the same place. Signs and popcorn machines all around me unable to escape this carnival of horror. Then I woke up. Like many, Halloween is my favorite time of the year. The cold sets in, all the trees begin to transform into a beautiful display of diverse colors, and most importantly, the strong camaraderie for love of horror and the supernatural between everybody. All sharing the same desire to scare and be scared. It's a perfect time of the year to enjoy your nightmares. To break down my nightmare, I'll start from the beginning. In the beginning of my nightmare, I was in a large house. As far as I know, I have never seen this house in my life. However, it is possible that I've been there before, as a young child. In the book, Interpretations of Dreams by Sigmund Freud, he says, Childhood memories, wishes, and fears never leave our mind because the conscious is a closed system. These thoughts and memories still shape us in our adult life. If this is true, it is possible I was once at the house in this dream, at least the main floor. A house in your dream represents yourself, more importantly, the condition of the house, and where you are. The attic represents your intellect, and the basement represents your subconscious. If the house is empty, which it was in this case, indicates my feelings of insecurity. Dreaming that I am in a stranger's house means that there is something I have yet to discover about myself. It might mean that there are repressed memories, fears, or emotions that I am not confronting. If this is a house I have been to, and I have since forgotten, then it might be beneficial to search my memory and find out what happened. 
Next was the long stairs that descended into the basement, or my subconscious. The main basement was large with a high ceiling, which may indicate that there is a lot of room in my subconscious. Something that is troublesome is the short doorway that was located at the back of the basement. This means it's a part of my subconscious that is even deeper. To dream that you are deep down in a basement symbolizes you are deep down in your unconscious mind, or a psychological storage space, like the room filled with vintage circus equipment. There was the Zoltar machine, which was broken down, which could be that I want to see my future but am unable to. The jack-in-the-box that scared me may be that I am all wound up about something that is weighing on my mind. It makes sense then why I could hear the jack-in-the-box throughout the dream, meaning that something is weighing on my mind constantly. The room was also dusty. This has obviously been in my subconscious for some time. Adjacent to this room was the room of mirrors, each mirror showing myself in a different, sometimes vulnerable way. The versions of these mirrors show a different part of myself, some with weaknesses and others projecting what I wish to be. The mirror that made me taller may be a wish fulfillment, and the mirror that made me look fatter may be a warning or insecurity. Next was the terrifying room filled with clowns. I mean, come on, who likes clowns? More accurately, they were clown costumes on mannequins. Each mannequin held a unique clown costume from different periods in time and styles of entertainment. Clowns in a dream could mean there is someone in my life who means me harm. Though they are clownish and joke, their jokes may have serious meaning, and your subconscious is sending you a message that the person dressed as a clown should not be trusted. In this case, however, all the clowns were mannequins with blank faces. I could be feeling that there are a lot of tricksters in my life, faceless and could be anyone, resulting in trust issues. The one clown in particular that followed me through the funhouse could be someone close to me that I have yet to notice. Finally, the funhouse, deep down, buried somewhere in my mind. Funhouses originated in the early 19th century at Coney Island. They were meant to be just that, a funhouse, filled with warped rooms, spinning floors, and jump scares. Some more elaborate than others, including mazes and difficult obstacles. The history of funhouses hasn't always been so fun. The story of Elmer McCurdy comes to mind. McCurdy was a criminal who died in a shootout with the police in 1911. His body was given to a coroner where he was soon embalmed. After some time, no one came to claim the body. After a decade, two men showed up claiming to be his brothers. These men were carnival owners. After that, for decades, McCready's body was passed from carnival to carnival to freak show as a decorative piece to scare people. Until one day, when a man was moving the body and the arm fell off, the man realized it was a real human body and ran to the police. Like this story, I feel there was a real horror down in the funhouse. So why was there a circus funhouse down in the basement, or deep down in my own subconscious? 
Well, circus dreams usually represent the passionate and creative sides of our nature. However, in the circumstances, I don't believe that's true. Alternatively, a circus dream can be a pun that my life is a chaotic circus, and my life has become disorganized. A funhouse in a dream may be alluding to my distorted or skewed sense of reality. I feel that this could be true. Dealing with dreams and the supernatural, it is sometimes hard to remember what is real and what isn't. In the end, I was lost in a labyrinth of funhouse madness, overwhelmed with the claustrophobic feeling of never getting out. It is possible I have lost my way in my waking life and have buried it deep down within myself. I think it is important to reflect on the future and the present. Where is your life going? What do you want to accomplish? It is important to accept who you are and stand firm on your own beliefs without pretending to be someone else. I encourage everyone to listen to messages that your subconscious is trying to send. It could help you in your dreams and more importantly, in your waking life. This episode of Knowing My Nightmares was written by me, Charlie Conlon, with music by Joe Conlon. Sound effects editing was done by Daniel Jaworski. I hope you enjoyed this terrifying Halloween tale of funhouse horror. Please rate and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. Let me know if you enjoyed it in the comments. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KMN Podcast to get more information and keep updated with all things nightmarish. Remember, if things get too scary, you can always wake up. <laughs>